Welcome to Amici, news and insight from the New York courts. I'm John Carr. Today we're joined by Sheila Spruill, Executive Director of the ADR Inclusion Network Steering Committee. Sheila is a management analyst in the court system's Office of Alternative Dispute Resolution Programs. She serves as Deputy Counsel to the Mediator Ethics Advisory Committee, which provides written responses to mediator ethical dilemmas, applying the Community Dispute Resolution Program standards of conduct. Sheila is the immediate past president of the Association for Conflict Resolution for Greater New York. She's also a former adjunct professor at Fordham Law School's Mediation Clinic, where she served for 10 years. Sheila's a graduate of Fordham College and Fordham Law School. So Sheila, thank you for uh, joining us. Um, let's, let's jump right in. Why is diversity and inclusion in ADR important? Why does it matter? Well, uh, good morning, and thank you, John. Um, I think there are a lot of reasons why diversity and inclusion is important in the ADR field and even within ADR processes. Uh, in ADR processes, such as mediation, for example, the mediator acts as a third-party neutral, which means that the, the mediator's role is simply to facilitate a discussion between the parties so that they can decide how or if to resolve their case. Um, the process is confidential and occurs behind closed doors. So the invisibility of the mediator's work to anyone but the parties raises the importance of trust placed on the mediator to conduct a fair and supportive process. And this is important because doing so allows the mediator to create an environment that feels fair and inclusive to all parties. To I add see. to that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I see. Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm fine. Oh, okay. Uh, to add to that, we all have different perceptions of situations. We make different assumptions, use words differently, have different values, beliefs, and traditions by virtue of our lived experiences. Therefore, it's important to have diverse backgrounds represented in a field where perceptions and experiences are an important part of the work itself. Um, so and finally, I think that the field should just reflect the diversity of the communities that we serve. So it's not only a substantive issue, but uh, an issue of appearances of confidence of when you when you go into a uh, an ADR session that you see someone who might have a similar story a similar background a similar language is that correct I believe I believe so and I mean and that models you know the the principles of mediation where we say it's important to act and behave impartially but it's also important that the parties perceive that you're acting uh, and behaving impartially impartially that's interesting because the ADR process is basically one of confidence, right? You have to have confidence that it's yes. working and that it's uh, that it's fair, and that that's kind of the difference between that. The difference between that and litigation is there is not necessarily a winner and a loser, right? Right, exactly, right. Okay. And and the parties themselves have to be feel comfortable enough to have that a conversation and to be able to work through their differences without really the mediator's input, but the presence of the mediator can impact, you know, how the parties proceed and how um, how they choose to move forward or not move forward. Oh, great. Well, thank you for that. As you uh, well know, uh, Chief Judge DeFiore has, has instituted a presumptive ADR program to, in her words, make presumptive early ADR the accepted norm in our civil courts. So what are the implications of that initiative and how does that initiative uh, tie in with the Chief Judge's commitment to uh, diversity. Uh, so since the Chief Judge um, Judge's initiative presumes that most civil cases are eligible, civil cases are eligible for dispute resolution, I think the practical implication 
is that the first court interaction most parties will have stepping into court, whether it's virtually or otherwise, will be with a court roster mediator, a neutral evaluator, or another ADR practitioner. And so because of that, it's important that ADR diversity and inclusion within a court setting, although I think it's important outside as well, should mirror the same values that apply as, say, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion's mission for the court's workforce, that court roster ADR professionals reflect the communities that they serve. Um, and that means that we're committed to ensuring that applications to serve on court rosters contain diversity statements, uh, efforts are made to recruit diverse training providers and diverse mediators, as well as diverse speakers on panels, uh, and that best practices are shared statewide. I see. Now, now what is your role vis-a-vis -vis the heightened focus on uh, ADR? Yeah, so I work um, uh, with it within the office, uh, which is led by Elisa Courtney, the statewide coordinator, uh, and our role is to support uh, this new initiative and um, focus on the training needs that uh, those that are implementing the initiative um, need. Uh, so we have, there's an ADR advisory committee um, that sort of creates uh, what they'd like to see throughout the state in terms of ADR, um, which is of course uh, approved by the chief judge. And then there are special counsel, there's three special counsel uh, that have been appointed throughout the state and ADR coordinators in, in courts that actually implement it. And um, and so we're there as sort of support staff uh, to figure out what trainings they need, uh, how to share best practices, um, how to bring them together so we can support, you know, whatever it is, whether it's diversifying their roster or uh, sharing forms um, or, you know, uh, reaching out to local bar associations to get their support, uh, you know, on those rosters. So it sounds like you do all the behind-the-scenes work that makes this uh, operate as seamlessly as it does. Right. Well, I, I would say our office does. <laughs> I'm definitely part of a, a team, and uh, under Lisa's leadership, uh, we have accomplished a lot, and um, it's it's exciting time for us uh, to see you know, the, the fruits of our efforts um, being utilized and accepted uh, around the state. That is a great feeling. Now, what, what is the ADR Inclusion Network? Sure. So the ADR Inclusion Network is an all-volunteer membership group uh, comprised of local New York dispute resolution resolvers um, who serve as directors and staff of private and public dispute resolution organizations or court rosters. Uh, it also includes academics practitioners and leaders and members of Bar Association diversity committees. Um, we believe that, um, you know, a fundamental belief that we have is that diversity is critical to the ADR field, obviously. Um, and if I could just define the way that we look at that, um, I, I would just quote from what we have that's on our website. Um, the fundamental concept that neutrals with a wide variety of cultural and life experiences based upon characteristics such as gender, race, ethnicity, age, sexual orientation, and disability, enrich the ADR process by bringing diverse perspectives to resolving disputes. Uh, these perspectives stem from a range of personal and professional backgrounds that in practice may better serve and still confidence in and create greater perceived fairness in the ADR processes offered by, for example, better reflecting the community served by the neutrals 
or providing normatively better outcomes for the end users of those ADR processes. Um, now, the, uh, the network pledges, and I quote, to, quote, work proactively to increase ADR utilization and increase representation of diverse neutrals in New York State. And so how do, yes. you, do, the, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, well, there are a lot of ways we try to accomplish that. Um, we are often invited to co-sponsor other ADR events for various audience and audiences and members are even asked to join panel discussions or give presentations or CLEs related to diversity inclusion. And we use those opportunities to also share our work with others. Uh, we post resources on our website, including what other states or professions are doing to address uh, diversity and inclusion. We write articles or blogs on these topics and um, have started a best practices uh, series, starting with how to make your events more inclusive. Um, we have a, a, a listserv and we share important developments and upcoming events and trainings and ADR scholarship opportunities with each other. And we're currently working on creating a diverse speakers list to be housed on our website, um, which would include talented professionals who could speak about ADR and then would also help ensure that program panels are as inclusive as possible. Um, we're creating a tip sheet for arbitrators to hand out to parties and their counsel, highlighting the benefits of having a diverse panel of mm -hmm. arbitrators. And we're also working on um, a shadowing club for newer practitioners to gain experience and knowledge by observing and interacting with a mentor. So th there's a whole lot going on in this tent of yours. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there really is. There's so much to do also. <laughs> now, is, I, I'm, I'm sure there is. Now, is the uh, inclusion network mainly a New York City uh, thing, or, is that, or do you function throughout the state? Well, we, it is Currently, the members really uh, are comprised of New York City members, but our aim um, and what we continue to um, aspire to be is to be a statewide entity. So that's a work in progress, and um, we are in the middle of creating new boards, a, a working board and a board of advisors, and uh, our plan is to consider not only member diversity, but regional diversity. Mm -hmm. Are some areas of the state doing better or worse than other areas in terms of ADR diversity? Uh, I think I would reframe that uh, better or worse and say that there are areas that could be more inclusive. Um, I, th I think there's always room for improvement everywhere. Um, but I think that the way we like to look at it is to say, given your community makeup, who's not at the table? Uh, I think different communities have different diversity needs. Um, and considering the wide array of diversity diversity and making those assessments, um, race, gender, age, sexual orientation, and disability. Uh, and so I think it's up to um, those that are defining diversity to figure out, you know, locally, you know, who's not here that should be here? Who can we reach out to? Um, those sorts of questions. I see. So it needs to be representative of the community, really. I think so. I mean, I think ideally you do want that. Um, I think that's where you gain so much uh, benefit. And um, I think people that come into ADR, come into a court, want to see themselves reflected, you know, maybe even just visually um, 
you know, within the courts or um, by the mediators or neutrals that are that are serving them. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, gender equality a moment ago, and I know of a few years ago that the state bar issued a kind of a groundbreaking groundbreaking report mm-hmm. showing that women are, are grossly underrepresented among the ranks of paid mediators and arbitrators statewide. Um, why is there that lack of diversity? I mean, there, there are plenty of, I don't know what the population is of women v. Mm-hmm. men in New York State, but basically 50-50. Uh, I don't know, 50% of lawyers are yet attorneys, or 50% of attorneys are now uh, women, but it's close. Yeah. So, so why is there this lack of diversity? Um, well, first, thank you for saying that, because we borrow heavily we borrowed heavily from that report and we learned a lot from other professions, especially the legal profession. And like you said, many ADR professionals are also attorneys. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, I think dispute resolution organizations and courts, uh, you know, have expressed that there's difficulty in ensuring a diverse pool of practitioners and they lack the resources to ensure that they can. Um, I think they operate also with their own criteria for placing practitioners on their rosters. So, for instance, if if there's a special, uh, if you have a specific specialty within a case type, for instance, you have experience mediating construction cases and sit on a commercial division mediation panel, you might get more cases than someone that doesn't have that expertise, um, and that might be the first criteria for selecting someone. Um, I think these criteria then set create another set of constraints and challenges, which, which makes it difficult to ensure that the diverse practitioners on the roster will get chosen over the known practitioners who they call upon more frequently. Um, I think it's also relevant um, to, you know, I, I know we're talking about paid um, mediators, um, but there is a, a large contingency of uh, mediators uh, and I, I know there's other dispute resolution professionals, um, but you know that are volunteers. Um, and I think that, um, that there are many circumstances uh, with courts, and there's been a, a history with you know some courts because we are using community dispute resolution center mediators who are volunteers. Um, you know, there's there's a difficulty sometimes in. Um, attracting volunteers. Um, And I think if you are getting paid, yes, you might attract a wider pool of applicants. Um, But I think another part of this diversity um, conversation is um, if you think about the pipeline into the field, there's a lot of barriers. Um, You know, there's training expenses um, that, you know, training is very expensive and there's a lack of public awareness about careers in ADR. And so, Mostly, you do have people coming from like the legal profession, uh, and you know, as as you know, the legal profession, as he stated, is you know not very diverse either. Um, I also think there are barriers to getting the necessary experience to be on a roster, um, and finding opportunities, getting a mentor, or even getting just known in the field. Um, and then finally, I just think the term diversity has become a broad umbrella term that is not always defined consistently. Uh, And so I think people uh, look at the word diversity and um, they can apply different definitions to that. Um, And it's all somewhat subjective based on what the needs are uh, 
of the provider that's looking for a diverse roster. What do you mean? How, how, how would you define diversity? Well, to me, diversity is um, broader. It's uh, race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, disability. But I often think that, um, you know, some uh, diversity, sometimes people define diversity by diverse experiences or backgrounds or professions. And that, of course, doesn't take into consideration characteristics. I understand. Um, I understand. Yeah. And I, and I think that sometimes people look at the word diversity seems to be a buzzword for just race. And people don't realize the other elements <laughs> that could be included or that I think should be included in that term. I see. Well, now that I've buttered you up, let me uh, put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> so uh, why is this an, an issue for Sheila Spruill? Um, what got you interested in this, and why, why did you um, found the Inclusion Network? Um, well, this is an important issue for me because the work we do in ADR impacts everyone, and because of that, I believe that the field should look and reflect that diversity, um, the diversity of the communities that we serve. Um, as a member of the field, I feel an obligation to address what I see as important issues. And here uh, we're talking about the lack of diversity in the field, which I think is uh, a pretty big issue. Um, I think much of what we need to address goes much deeper because of the many reasons we lack diversity in ADR is similar to why it's lacking in other fields. And to me, I make the connection with the fact that we have a history of systemic racism in our country. And we have to understand that where we are today reflects that history. Um, and also the other isms <laughs> reflect where we are today. Uh, so what made me hopeful in bringing together the ADR Inclusion Network is that we're having the conversation and we're saying, and I have to point out that I've learned this and so much more from Tony Walters, who uh, is on the steering committee for the ADR Inclusion Network and has really become a mentor to me. Um, but we're saying we all have implicit biases and they operate within us every day. So how can we become aware of them and work toward making change every day in our personal lives and as a group of people dedicated to making change? Um, this is about, to me, accepting things as they are and not pointing fingers, but just saying, knowing what we know, how can we move forward? That's a great way to put it. Now, with your, your uh, law degree from a prestigious uh, uh, university, uh, you, you would have had lots of options. You could have had you could have gone into many different fields of law. Why did you gravitate to this? Uh, yeah. Well, when I uh, was in my third year, I went to Fordham, as you said, and I took the mediation clinic ran by Professor Nolan Haley, who uh, many in the field would know that name. Um, and we would go to small claims court in New York County and mediate cases um, like landlord tenant cases, roommate issues, taxi cab accidents. Uh, and it opened my eyes to a whole other way of resolving disputes um, that provided people with more options um, to resolve the issues on their own and with often much broader remedies than would otherwise be available in court. And that was powerful. Um, I love the principles of mediation where you hand the power over to the parties, which in court is traditionally held by the judge, and you provide a quality process that allows them to make informed decisions as to if and how they themselves would like to move forward. Hmm. That's a beautiful way to put it. And of course, lawyers are at their core problem solvers, right? 
That's what you yes. do. Yes. Uh, that's a good point. Um, and I, and I think that's helpful. Um, but I think that, uh, the training that we get as lawyers is different than the training that we get as mediators. And so that's always going to be a line to be, uh, you have to walk, which is as an attorney, you want to solve everyone's problem, but as a mediator, your role is to not, it's actually to use the skills that you have to allow them to start making decisions and brainstorming and coming up with solutions on their own and letting them decide, you know, how do they want to resolve this? Now, if someone wants to get involved in this, someone wants to join you on the, the network bandwagon, how do they do it? Uh, so anyone that's interested in joining uh, can sign up through our website, um, and it's adrdiversity.org. That's one word, adrdiversity. Uh, or they can email us at contact at adrdiversity.org, uh, and either I or someone on our team will respond to them. Uh, we love learning from others and having others join these conversations and strongly believe that we need everyone's voice involved in order to effectuate real change. That's great. Sheila, thank you for your time and, and thank you for the work that you do in this important field. Uh, thank you, John. I appreciate the opportunity.